Are we here? Yeah, we're here. I don't Why know. What's wrong, Instagram? Why y'all stop? Why y'all hate me? Shoot. At least we're here. It doesn't matter how long it took. Hi, Linda. Hey, Kim. Kim has been watching since I first tried to get us together uh, okay. 13 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago. Yeah, I noticed that. You know, uh, actually, shout out to Kim, because she definitely be showing a whole lot of love. She Always. be showing you know, liking videos and everything like that. So definitely uh, appreciate that. Yep. Kim is a beautiful soul and um, has been an amazing uh, friend to to Poshnosh and Linda and myself. So it's super exciting to have her watching. Okay, okay. All right, so now it kind of feels weird because it's not on my page, but it's okay. I'm on the wrong side of the screen. <laughs> All right, so we are here to gush and praise you tonight because um, you have this new project that most people only dream about ever accomplishing. You not only did it and uh, made it happen, and we're here to talk about maybe they were right. So... <laughs> All right, so let's let's do a little bit of background. Who is Kaz Akbar? Well, Kaz Akbar is uh, kind of a, a lot of different people all in one. You know, I'm a uh, cool, laid-back guy. You know, a lot of people see me as quiet, but when you look at my page, you know, I'm doing a whole bunch of stuff. I'm doing characters, doing jokes, and shouting people out. But uh, I actually started... In music, I started off, uh, you know, rapping, producing, doing videos. And actually, that's kind of how I segue into doing uh, the videos that I did. You know, I went to college for art, but I really didn't know what I wanted to do with the art. So my last year, um, I wound up taking a video editing class, and I really liked it. So I was like, damn, if I knew that, I'd have did that from the beginning. But, you know, things happen when they're supposed to. But I wound up learning how to do that in um, college. And then as time went on, like I said, I was doing music. So, you know, back in the day, they was charging like, well, music videos are probably still high now, but they was charging like anywhere from 500 to like $5,000 to do a video. So I was like, man, damn all that. I'm going <laughs> to get my own equipment. I'm going to learn how to do it myself. And then that's what I did. So then. After I did the video, I started thinking, like, you know what? I was joking with my man who was a DJ. And I said to him, man, because we, well, we, we always talk about topics, whether it was music, world politics, whatever. And I said to him jokingly, like, man, we should do a show, and we should call it the Wack Hip Hop Show. And I was joking, but then I thought about it, like, I got the equipment. Why don't we do it? So we wound up, we started, this was like 2014. So then we did like a test run just to put it out there and see what happened. And then a lot of people was like, yo, y'all funny, you know, and they was really liking us. And that's what kind of started it. So from then on, you know, I started doing the skits and all different types of stuff. Cause so I'm a how big many characters do you have on the show right now? How many characters do you do? Uh, I might do maybe like five characters. Wow. And then I'm making up stuff as I go along anyway. And that's the crazy thing. Like, none of the stuff that I do, well, everything I do, I don't write down. I'm, like, all improv. So whatever y'all see on the skits and everything like that, that's what I said. I didn't write down. It just came you out. You practice it. Yeah, it just sits yeah. off the cuff. Yeah. And, you know, I, I look at it as crazy to a certain extent because some people told me, like, 
it's not easy doing that. But for me, it comes easy because I'm just a, I guess, a funny guy. I like stuff like that. So I don't take it for granted. You know, a lot of people can't do it like that. So, you know, I'm kind of grateful that it actually does come out funny to some people. So I can't be mad at that. So the, the improv, you never took any improv classes. This is just something natural for you. Yeah, it's just, I just like doing funny stuff. Like me and my people, we like cracking jokes and more, it's more like the surprise of saying something to somebody to see their reaction. So I guess after a certain amount of time when you constantly do that, you kind of, I don't know, you look for it. And then that's just how it is. So the it, it just, it, it becomes good not knowing what the other person is going to say. So it kind of like feed off of it. So in some of the skits, you might see us laughing, but you know, but none of this stuff is ever talked out. We just do what we do. Wow, that's great. That's great. And how often do you video? Because you do post a lot, and we've had this conversation. How often do you video? Well, um, you mean far as recording? Yes. I try to record maybe once a week, twice a week. It depends. Now, when it comes to sketches and stuff like that, a lot of the stuff that I do. I might record, but I might not edit it till I normally edit on the weekend. But a lot of the stuff you might see, it might have been months ago. I just never put it out. I'm, I'm kind of like methodical with what I put out. You know right. what I mean? If I'm doing something at the moment, I'll put it out. But most of the stuff, I'm, I'm real selective on what I want to put out. It all depends on my mood. I go off of energy. So however I'm feeling at the time, that's what I wind up doing. Well, that's the reason why I asked you is because I feel that a lot of your skits and your sketches are based on current events. So it's kind of impressive to see how quickly you're putting out videos that have to do with current events that are happening. Obviously, you did follow the, the elections very closely. And now what I like how you changed it completely up and you're, you're posting about Will Smith doing TikToks with both Aunt Viv's. So it's just really nice to see that you keep up with that. And it's got to take a lot of time. Well, it does. Now, as far as when I'm talking about a story or something like that, like you said with the Will Smith, those type of things I do normally on the weekend. So I have those ready for the week. But far as like skits and stuff like that, I kind of do those in advance. But I always try to do enough material to where I always have something to post. So even though, and it, I don't know, it just kind of looked out that way for me. If I happen to do a story and it comes out later on, it just kind of falls in place. So, you know. So it's not planned. It just happens that it works out. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. See, that's, I think, you. so you make it look effortless, by the way. So I'm, we've had countless conversations about doing the same thing. And I'm just like, how do you do it? Because when you post a story, I had just recently read about that. And it just felt like you're doing current events as they happen. So it's pretty impressive to see that. But it's just more of a... Well, it's some of the current events, but it just kind of falls out that way, though. But like for anybody, like I told you, for anybody that's trying to you know, just do whatever they do and try to be known. You got to have a lot of content because it's real funny how, uh, like I said, you can get captivate people, but at the same time, if you don't keep that momentum, people forget about it because there's so many people trying to do exactly what you do or a version of stuff. So you got to have a lot of content. That's why with me, you know what I mean? I might talk about a story. I might shout somebody out. I might do a meme. I try to mix it up. From time to time, you know, you might see me dancing on 
reels and something like that. I might have my zombie mask on. I'm just all over the place, kind of. So let's let's fast forward then. What made what motivated you or inspired you to write this book? Now, okay, now with the book, I actually started the book last year. Um, I did a couple chapters last year, and when it came to this year, I, I knew what I had. I had the chapters written out. I didn't know what I was going to write. So it was like I kind of, I don't want to say I got to a funk, but what happened was it was like, you know, sometimes you just put stuff off. You you try to have the time for it, but things just get in the way. So now what happened was one person, um, she's actually on the West Coast. Her name is uh, Nikki Rich, the Nikki Rich Show. If y'all um, don't follow her, go follow her right now because she's endorsed by Oprah. She interviews a lot of stars and stuff like that. Now, the reason I bring her up was because she wound up coming out a book with a book this year. And I didn't know anything about it. I just happened to see it. And then it wound up taking off and going. I'm like, oh, wow, she really doing her thing. So when I seen that, it inspired me to finish the rest of my book. You know, sometimes I feel like a lot of people need inspiration from other people to get them going. You might know what you want to do, but all it takes is something to trigger that and have you going. And, you know, shout out to Nikki, because when I seen her hustling and doing her thing, I said, man, I got to get back on my bike and I got to do my thing as well. And that's what happened. So when I seen her doing her thing, I said, man, let me finish this. And my then turn. It's your turn. Mm -hmm. So, you know, shout out to her for giving me that inspiration. And I think everybody needs inspiration because sometimes, like I said, you might have ideas or plans to do things, but you get sidetracked and then somebody comes along and gets you back in focus. Yep. So, and that's what happened. Well, so now this little gem is out. I didn't get to finish it. I'm about a little bit more than halfway through. Um, but let's talk about it. What I've been giving a little bit of my perspective of it, and it just sounds like a poignant advice giving by someone who has been in their shoes and now is in the other shoes. It, that, it, it's really nice to see the conversational aspect of it. Yeah. Okay. Now, me, I'm not a big fan of big books. Books with like 6,000 pages. I'm not reading it. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, I'm not like somebody who does, but, you know, I kind of like to get to the point. If you notice, the book is it's kind of thin. The, the chapters are uh, at least maybe like three to four pages. But, you know what I mean? I'm talking about specific things in that. Now, as far as advice, um, like I said, once again, you got people. I, I made it for young adult teenagers, even adults, because I feel like when you're young, a lot of stuff goes on, and your parents might tell you, "Hey, do this and don't question it." And as a kid, the parent never looks at the kid's perspective. The kid is like, they don't understand that my parents said just do it. You get what I'm saying? So a lot of times they don't listen, and that's why they make the mistakes. But ultimately. The parent is trying to help the kid out from making the mistakes that they made or prevent them from making mistakes. And that's why I think that maybe they're right. A lot of times you got adults trying to give kids advice because they don't want them to go down the same road. They're trying to save them the heartache and give them a better uh, thing, a better life for things. And that's why I said that. Maybe they're right. Because eventually, ultimately, you're right. It's like if your mother tells you don't touch the stove because it's hot, and then you touch the stove, you oh shit, that shit hot. You, you, know, you know what I mean? So that's kind of the way I looked at it. But you go into different perspectives about um, 
just different areas. Like for instance, you said, mind your business. Oh, okay. And you gave some really good examples to, to that effect. Why don't you talk about that? Because I thought that was really important. Those are the examples, especially that you gave, um, were hard, mind your business, decisions to make. Okay. Well, yeah. A lot of times, you know, um, people want to help people out. But sometimes you got to mind your damn business because sometimes it can hurt, it can hurt you or you can hurt the person. Like one of the examples I gave was, like I said, uh, me and my friend, we were walking, and we seen a guy that was actually yelling at a woman. He was beating up on a woman. And I told my friend, like, yo, let's go in and stop him. And my friend was like, mind your damn business. And I'm like, well, this woman needs help. And then my friend is like, well, you don't know what was going on. What was the situation? What if we go over there and help him, and he wound up hurting or killing one of us? Or what if they get back together? Or, you know, a whole bunch of scenarios of things that could have went left. But... You know, ultimately, you know, you got to let people sometimes handle their own business and go through things. So a lot of times you might want to help, but it's better if you just stay out of it and let the person figure it out. And and I'm one of those people. It's very difficult for me not to um, want to help. Like, that's like part of my personality. And it's 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 a it's a tough one. So that's why I really um, that one really resonated with me. And then in uh, chapter six, you talk about staying positive. This is super important because there's so many people that even I know that if they say it's wrong, it's going to be wrong. And instead of having a positive outlook, they are miserable. So let's talk about staying positive. Okay. Now, uh, they say, you know, you, it's the kind of energy that you keep. If you're going to feel bad or feel negative about everything, everything's going to come to you negative. You know what I mean? Negative attract negative, positive attract positive. Now, I always like to see the uh, glass half full instead of half empty. You know what I mean? I always like to think positive, and if you do right things, it's going to come back to you. So it's all about your mindset. If you feel that you can do stuff, it can happen. You just got to work hard through it. Once you work hard and then you wind up meeting with the right person, it all pan out. Like, I used to uh, – I still do from time to time. I look at a bunch of people like movie stars or actors and – just successful people and their whole motivation was staying positive. They seen what they wanted to do and they had a goal set. So they always worked towards it and they never gave up. See, a lot of people, I feel like somebody might tell you, Oh, that's not going to work. Look how long you've been doing it. Oh, you don't wasted all this time, but your timetable is not when they say it, you know what I mean? Your dream never is over until you stop working at it. So no matter if it happens when you're young or when you're older, um, you just got to keep working at it. You got to stay positive. It's, it's more of a, like one thing that I realized, right? I realized why people said don't give up. Now, they saying don't give up when it hit me one day is because you got to keep going until you find that person. It's like you in a, a room full of oil with locked doors, and you just got to keep turning the door until it opens. Now, the one time you might stop might have been the next door that you needed, you know? Uh huh. It's a lot of people that was, that's in their craft that took them a long time to get to where they was at, but they got it because they never stopped. So you gotta always stay positive, even though it don't look like it's gonna happen. You just gotta keep going because you never know when your time is, and that's the way I look at it. And I love that you do talk about that in the book. And something else that you bring up with, and you brought it up goals instead of calling it a dream you're setting a goal because the goal is more attainable. You can actually take steps to accomplishing that goal. 
So I really felt that that was super smart to to give a different perspective on the same exact thing. Yeah, actually, uh, one of my friends that was uh, he's helping me with uh, uh, a situation. And he gave that to me because it was like, you know, I was telling him about my dreams. And he said, man, don't say dreams. It's goals. And that's the thing. If you write it down and you actually follow the steps and do what you got it to, that makes it real. You can talk about it, but until you write it down and do what you have to do, it won't be real. Like one thing that really made me, uh, it shocked me was, you know, I did the book. And when I started the book, I had the chapters written out for what I wanted to talk about. And then I wrote it. And then all of a sudden, now it came into existence that I have the book. And I had to take a step back like, wow, that's a big accomplishment. You know what I mean? That I actually, it came from my mind, and now it's materialized. And now other people can read it and get information from it. So, you know. Yeah, it's right here. <laughs> and it's available on Amazon. Um, so... Chapter two, this is another one that was super hard for me. It took me 45 years um, to learn this, this piece of advice. Don't take everything personal. When I tell you it was tough, it's still tough now. You and I have conversations to that effect. Um, but let's talk about that. Like how, how easy or not easy is it to not take everything personal, especially if you're that type of person who's always trying to help somebody out and they don't reciprocate by showing appreciation, how do you not take that personal? Well, I guess you got to look at the person. Now, granted, everybody's not the same. You're going to get people that's going to screw you over. But I guess for me, it's like you can't hold on to that. If that person did you dirty, you're going to, yeah, of course you're going to be Okay, there we are. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, like I said, if somebody did you dirty, you definitely, of course you're going to be mad at them, but you got to forgive them. And I, it took me a while to learn that too. When people tell you to forgive somebody, it ain't for them, it's for you. Because once again, you're holding on to whatever that person did to you. And it could be years later, you still mad. I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, that's not in the book. I had a guy that I was doing music with. And um, he was supposed to get a situation. I was giving him beats and stuff like that, and he was supposed to get his soul. And he just kept BSing me, and then when the situation was coming, he was trying to, even though I did the production on it, he was trying to take more than the, than I was supposed to get off of. And I kind of felt some type of way because I knew him for years, so I didn't want to do deal with anything with him. So long story short, we started dealing with each other. I wound up running into him five years later. I seen him on the train, and I seen him, and now I didn't even think it was five years later, but I seen him and I turned the other way. And then he called me up like, Kaz, Kaz, what's up? And then I went over there, I spoke to him. And then I thought about it after I had the conversation with him, that if five years had passed and I was still mad at him for five years ago. Now he probably forgot what he, whatever happened between them, but I was still holding on to it. But back to my point, you got to let it go. It ain't for, you got to forgive him. It ain't for them, it's for you. Because once again, they got that grip on you and it, you're powerless. But if you let it go and say it is what it is, you should be all right. It, that's a tough one, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's super it, tough. And I understand. I completely understand the point that you're trying to make. 
But it's like, damn, like they get away with it and I got to let it go too. I mean, and I'm not trying to be petty, but if you know, I completely get it. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not saying it's easy. Hell, <laughs> a lot of people better. You know what I mean? But that's why you got to work on it. But, you know, sometimes you just got to let it go and keep moving on. Like I said, it ain't easy. A lot of stuff ain't easy. But, you know, it is what it is. You'll just be a better person if you let it go. Well, and you actually say it in your book that out of sight, out of mind. And I think that's really been helpful for, for me because if I, can't, if I don't see it and I don't think about it, it's no longer taking up any of my space, whether it's mental, physical, or emotional. So I really thought that was super smart advice too. Yeah, cool. If you don't see something, it's not going to bother you. But once you right. do see it, it's a problem. So there's a chapter on here that I think was geared more towards the parents. It's chapter five, kids or kids. And um, I, I think it was super cute because um, we tend to forget that. We tend to, like you said, want to show them the best way possible. And we forget that they are these little kids. Like I love your haircut uh, example <laughs> where you know for a fact your mom knew you cut your hair. And you said, I don't know, it fell out. It, it, that, that was, I think, a perfect uh, reminder of where kids' mental uh, head state is when they're saying these things. That was super cute. So let's talk about kids or kids. Uh, well, the basis of that was, like, <laughs> you kind of summed it up. But, like, basically, like I said, a lot of adults feel like, I, I think, that they feel like when they talk to kids, they think kids are on the same level as them, and they're not. Remember, they're still immature, they're still thinking things are funny and not that serious. So a lot of times I feel like parents would be yelling at them and doing this, that, and the third. Now they're yelling at them because they want them to do right, but they're not understanding the headspace that the kids is in. You know what I'm saying? The kids won't learn whatever until they get old enough to really and fully mature and understand what the parent is talking about. So I think a lot of parents mess their kids up. not mess their kids up but they not really paying attention or really thinking about how they are and that's why it comes off the way it is or like remembering said, that that because i don't i don't remember being like that but i guess i had to have been um it's just interesting and and even even talking about um because one of your chapters is life isn't easy you know it, it's it's tough for parents to remember that their maturity level isn't there. So I try to talk to my kids a certain way and because I understand it, I expect they should understand it too. And I think that's an important, really important point for parents to remember. They're not there, they're not on our level. Yeah, because a parent, you're dealing with work, you're dealing with bills, and it's like, just do what I told you to do because you frustrated with everything else. But the kid trying to understand, like I said, uh, the parent is trying to teach the kid life, but the parent's still trying to figure out their own life. Mm -hmm. So you're still trying to keep it together and do what you got to do. Oh. While at the same time, you're trying to help this uh, person grow into who who they should be. So it's like a back and forth. is kind of like a crazy experience. So now I have a question. So chapter four, and I know I'm bouncing around all over the place, but I did it on purpose because I want everybody to read it um, and not say we just read the book to them. Um, so chapter four was take advice. Who are you talking to then? Because I feel that it could go both ways, that you're talking to the parents, 
the adult or the child. That's not one specific. No, nah, I was trying to talk, kind of talking to both uh, the parent yeah, and the kid. I was just trying to give both perspectives. You know what I mean? Like trying to let the kid understand why the parent is doing this. They're trying to help you from making a bad decision. Like, uh, for instance, you can the parent don't want them doing drugs or smoking. Because next thing you know, or cutting school. Because next thing you know, he's out with his friends and they steal a car and then they crash and then they go to jail and now you mess your life up. But I also wanted to show the parent the way you're talking to the kid, they don't understand and this, that, and the third. So like I said, I'm trying to give both sides so they can see what the other person is thinking. And I think a lot of times, you know, we don't think about that. Like I said, we got our own lives we're trying to live, and we're not necessarily looking at what the kid, why they doing what they doing. All we know is just do what I told you to do because I said it's right. And that's actually where I, I left off on peer pressure, because obviously that's that's a huge factor in how kids behave. Um, so that's where I left off. But what what are your hopes for your book? And I know that you already were asked to do a signing. So um, what's what's next for maybe they were right? Uh, right now, you know, like I said, it just came out last week. So I definitely want to try to get some promotion on it. Uh, try to get it out to as many people as possible. Um, definitely some signers. You know, thanks, uh, Paul, for definitely giving me that opportunity to come and do that if I can. Um, and, you know, just trying to get it out to as many people as possible. I know I had some people mention me like, oh, maybe you can go to a school. Well, right now with COVID, it's kind of crazy. But possibly just check out uh, other bookstores and just try to see what I can kind of get into to get, the, get it out there to people. And that's the main thing. Well, I, I love it. I love, and you actually published this yourself. So congratulations um, on this ac accomplishment. I'm super impressed. Um, yeah, so if, it's available on Amazon. We have some, uh, Kim saying she'll be purchasing. It's available on Amazon. It is in Kaz's uh, bio. There's a link directly to it. Um, and we uh, hopefully will be doing some, do a virtual reading. You should do a virtual reading. That's what Linda said. Yeah, we can do that. Definitely, we can uh, do anything, yeah. Well, so listen, again, this was a super easy read. I didn't feel um, intimidated by it. So you're right, the size was super important. This is something that I feel like I can just, and I did. I actually sat in my car earlier today um, reading it and and it did make me laugh like there's some um, some words that you used uh, you call so I guess you were called or you called kids ninja boys were ninjas oh well yeah that's the edit version you know and then you talk about CDs and cassettes so that was another oh, I completely forgot always be prepared um, that was such a, a great example that you gave of an opportunity that you might have missed out on just because you didn't have. Go ahead, talk about that. I love that that example that you used. Well, um, like I said, when I used to do my music, they always used to tell me, always be prepared. Always be prepared to have a CD on you because you never know who you're going to meet. And like I said, I used to have it, but I didn't have it on, on, on me all the time. So what happened was... One day I'm going to go see one of my friends and I just happened to run into Queen Latifah. She actually passed right in front of me. And she said, you know, hello to me. And she kind of kept moving. But had I listened, 
and was prepared and had my CD on me, I would have, you know, gave it to Queen Latifah and everything like that. So once again, you got to always be prepared because you never know when your opportunity is going to come, uh, who you're going to meet or anything like that. And you just got to be prepared for that because you never know. It could change your life. But, you know. It's That's so cool that you got to meet Queen Latifah. Yeah, but, you know. So, all right, I'm not going to take any more of your time. So let's just shout out one last time. Maybe they were right, because Akbar, which, by the way, I just learned how to say his name. He let me go almost a year knowing him without saying his name right. Hey, you know, people say Kaz, Kaz. I know what you mean. I don't get it. <laughs> right no, this, I'm going to tell you why. I spent most of my life correcting people on how to say my name to the point that I don't even tell anybody my name anymore. I'm just Sally. So my name is Celia, and for too long, still, people say Celia. So no, I completely understand. That's why, like, when I found out, I was like, really? Let me go this long saying your name wrong. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's, okay. <laughs> That's right. It is your fault. <laughs> All right. So again, Maybe They Were Right, available on Amazon. Um, it's super good read, and... Um, I'm proud to say I know the author. So um, thank you so much for giving us some time tonight. This is Sofa Social, Special Night in Time with Kaz Akbar. And thank you. I guess that's it. Yeah, that's it. So back to editing. You already back to know. editing, yes, because we just got back from a taste in this evening. Don't forget to follow um, MindMinks and Kaz if you're not already. Um, shame on you if you aren't. We've said this many too many times. And thank you very much. And I actually have a special show on Tuesday with a former sheriff's officer from um, Florida who's going to talk about an article she wrote on mental health stigma that officers struggle with, um, especially during this time with everything that's happening. So tune in on Tuesday at 8 o'clock. And thank you, Kaz, for your time tonight. No problem at all. <laughs> and I will talk to you soon. Thank you all for watching.